0: Welcome back to The Secret Podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, we'd for- it's
1: so secret we forgot about it.
0: <laughs> Is it that we forgot? We've mentioned it once or twice in the last couple of weeks that we should get back on The Secret Podcast horse.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, we make a lot of promises on the main podcast that we don't always keep. Uh, <laughs> That's you, Not just on the podcast, but also
0: to ourselves, about ourselves. To ourselves, ourselves yeah. I,
1: I've noticed. So since we we have like paid memberships, one thing that I'm always like super aware of is every time you're like you'll get access to the shows early, and I'm always like we've, we 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 only rarely put out a show early. <laughs> we're always well, like on Friday well, morning we're doing the last minute edits and putting yeah, up the notes yeah. and.
0: But but it's early compared to everyone else who gets it late. Yeah. Well I can't Early tell in the sense that it's relative I can't
1: tell when you say certain things whether or not you're saying them as a joke or you're saying them because you think you're going to pull it off because this week's episode you said <laughs> something about like new sticker will be on sale from next week yeah. we've never it's not had, yet next week we've never had a new sticker that's taken less than like three
0: months to get to market <laughs> okay I think you're overestimating the Extent to which people care. And I think, say, I think if I said... But if I was honest and said you stickered three months, it would make it seem like I should never have said it in the first place. True,
1: true. Do you want to hear
0: something that will make you very happy? Uh, I don't know if anything is capable of making me very happy at the moment, but do your, do your best.
1: I'll do my best. I got a message earlier today on Instagram. I got a message request on Instagram. I was out for Saga TV filming something on uh, like a local... Like little play place to take your kids, um, and I got a message on Instagram saying, "Were you by any chance at this local amusement center? I saw you out there, and I think it was you. Some years back, I saw you perform stand up at Comedy Fukuoka. Oh, you're doing TV
0: now. How good for you! Thank you." I I was the was the change maker. <laughs> was it was it a Japanese person? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was a Japanese person. So they they saw you do stand up in Japanese. Yep. And now as and a result of my my input, you're now doing the dizzying heights of Saga TV. Let me ask you how much of my Japanese stand up was
1: based around the idea that I was a TV personality. I, that was my whole oh, bit. It, yeah. it was like oh, I'm no. a Japanese TV personality.
0: But this proves my point that people don't people don't remember jokes when they watch stand up they just remember how they felt. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's I've just checked it's been 5 months since we uh released one. The oh the my fourth gosh. secret podcast was published on January the 31st. What's funny is people have uh, found it. I mean, we've had downloads in April, May, June and July, which is uh Something, I'm not sure how they found (laughs) it
1: Can I do a behind the curtain? Since it's the secret podcast I also checked our statistics today Just randomly, it's the first time I've looked at Our secret podcast numbers in forever Um, Well yeah, I
0: didn't even Know if we still had access to the page Maybe they would have thought we've abandoned the podcast And taken it down
1: So our main podcast, if you pull up the statistics It says an overview of the downloads For the last 14 days And it gives you these Like (laughs) like, bar chart, right? (laughs) You know what I I'm don't, talking about. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. So the secret <laughs> podcast, it has an overview of the chart for the last 14 days. And there's one day where all of a sudden, there's, noth- there's nothing on any of the other days. And then one yeah. day is just like skyrockets. The graph goes straight up. And I looked at the metric of how the graph is measured. And it's measured in 0.1
0: <laughs> listens. <laughs> Switch. So basically from from June, from June the 21st until July the 4th, there have been no downloads at all. And then on July the 2nd, there's just one stick, which looks like our own bar chart's giving us the middle finger.
1: The y-axis. The y-axis is measured in 0.1 listens. <laughs> so we shot up because we went to 1.0 <laughs> listens on one day.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very glad of it. I'm very glad of it. I, I, uh, I think. Well, we are gonna put out a mailing list mail today or tomorrow, won't we? Because uh, we ought to, because we haven't done one of those for a while, and we've had quite a few people sign up. So I'll put a link to this in that. So you might be listening to this from the mailing list. In which case, thanks, welcome. Uh, what, what this also, is, is also, supposed to be?
1: It's July fourth. So that's your that's your uh, bar to measure. Uh, how quickly Ali moves after he says today or tomorrow?
0: <laughs> right, but um, I, I was. Do you know what? I, I'm so tired. I was going to make an Independence Day joke there. There's probably something there, isn't there? But uh, it's not in me. Once upon a time, I, there I just was. have. I just have such bad memories of July the Fourth. I might have talked about this on this show, but the the gig I did in the American Army base in uh, in Korea. Um, two well, it must be three years ago, and I was the only act booked. There was supposed to be an American guy and me, and the American guy didn't turn up, so it was supposed to be me entertaining 150 troops for um, well, 90 minutes. And it was a bad gig. <laughs> it was a hard gig. They 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 didn't know that it was going to be a British guy, and I made a couple of early mistakes, and uh, it took a while for me to get them on side.
1: What am I speaking well, I, of? Shows yeah. in Korea, um, just because you mentioned this, it was a ninety-minute gig. As somebody who has regular experience performing stand-up comedy and is not a Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, you know Rory Scovel, pre-scandal Louis C.K. kind of person, um, ninety minutes is long as shit. And to do a show oh, for on. ninety minutes where people do not get tired of you requires basically that you are one of those superstars and. Speaking of shows in Korea, I have a real distinct memory of watching you do 60 minutes in a room in Korea where you absolutely murdered it. You destroyed that room for 60 minutes, and then you did 10 more minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I can believe that. That would, Yeah, that would have been one of my only long sets um yeah well, well while we're on the topic I've as of what so it's, it's uh July the 4th today so on the th- 2nd of July I had a a conversation with uh one of the producers so not Stephen who does produce some of my live comedy he's been on the main show Stephen Case, but someone who runs venues in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I've now been confirmed a room so every day at six o'clock I'm going to be doing a show that's amazing in a, in, Oh, it's mad. And it's in a venue that normally should hold 100 people, but they're limiting it to 35. So sold out show every day, baby. But he was—he said, <laughs> said, do you have a new hour? And I just, obviously, I had to say yes. Um, so between now and August the 7th, I think is my first show, I've got to come up with everything. I've got to come up with the theme. I've got to come up with what material I'm using. I've got to write new material. I've got to come up with a poster. So. I'm sure on the main show, I'll talk about it eventually. But uh, I mean, that's partly why the, why I'm kind of feeling a bit of pressure. I'm, I've got a lot going on. And uh, <laughs> this kind of thing would normally take six months to get done. I have to do basically six months of work in uh, in less than six weeks. Anyway, we've we've rabbited on for seven minutes now, and we still haven't actually explained what The Secret Podcast is supposed to be. This is supposed to be, for those that are new to The Secret Podcast, uh, well, why, why don't we explain why we do it? The main podcast, right, is an edited 30 minutes where you don't, hear much from us well you do you do hear a fair bit but not lots then the extended podcast the some some the, of the, the listeners
1: f- would claim that they hear too much of us
0: they, no, and, no, and no, do they have done they have done they, <laughs> they they've, they've they've literally done that they sent us an email uh with, with exactly that and then the the bonus bits is what you get if you're a member right and that's like all the stuff which ended up on the cutting room floor but you have to pay for that but this is accessible to anyone and it's supposed to be our Hansei-kai. Bobby, what is, uh, why do I do it in Dogen style? Hansei-kai. What does, uh, does Hansei-kai mean, Bobby? That was really good. Oh, thank
1: you. I'm impressed with that. Um, uh, Hansei-kai is the uh, reflection when something is over. The looking back on something that you've done and looking at the points that you think there's room for improvement on.
0: Right, and that's so. The idea was that we'd go back over the four shows that we did in a month, and um, you know, and 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 discuss them. Obviously, there's, there's been so many now, and we've we've there's no way we're going to get through them all. Hey, one thing I have promised, I will do the, I will share on this because it's because there aren't many people that listen to it. Is I'll tell the story of uh, my cat. So, uh, I promised on I promised on Twitter that I would do yep. this, so I will. Basically. I adopted a cat. I think I've talked about this in the main show, but very uh, quick summary (laughs) of the story. I think I've talked
1: about this in the main show. You went on (laughs) at length in at least seven episodes.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, quick summary. And now it's become stand-up. In fact, I talked about this in a comedy club, which has released that set as a podcast. So I will link to that in the show notes to this. So if you don't know the How I Got a Cat Story... I'll link to that. <laughs> this is like bonus content on top of bonus content on top of bonus content. There's going to be only like <laughs> four people that ever listen. So, uh, so I'm not going to re- go over that story. I'll link to that stand-up set. So uh, this is what happened. So I kind of had to leave this Airbnb in a hurry and uh, very, very long story short. The cat uh, has gone to uh, a very close friend in Malaysia and she's looking after the cat and that's going to be fine. Uh, so don't worry about the cat. I tried to bring the cat to the UK. Couldn't. So the cat, it's staying in Malaysia for the time being. It may end up coming to the UK if, uh, if I can wangle it. But what I can't do is afford the two and a half thousand pounds necessary to send it in like kitty business class, which is what you're supposed to do. So I want to like bring it in a cat box in normal economy cabin. So in terms of my Japanese flatmate, which is what um, I think it was Tim, uh, who I believe I met Tim in Edinburgh. And l- thinking back, I think Tim might have come to a show about Japan a few years ago. Anyway, if that's true, Tim, uh, maybe I'll see you at Edinburgh this year. So. Uh, Where was I? Yeah, so, the Japanese flatmate. You had a Japanese
1: flatmate who was not aware. You missed the chance when you first met him to make it known that you spoke Japanese. And the show, we had an in-joke about when you were going to reveal that and how you were going to reveal that. And we just lost that thread.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we lost the thread partly because he became a bit kind of insular and weird. And there was a couple of, like, odd things that happened. Including, well, there was a there was a turd in the bathroom which he accused me of doing, but it wasn't a human turd. But maybe he just thought white people had different turds. It turns out it was a raccoon turd. Uh, but I I never went back to him and explained that was a raccoon turd. So he thinks I have raccoon turds and just poo on the floor. Um, and so, so there was that. So was just uh, a couple Ollie, of different things. Ollie,
1: <laughs> I hate to get off on a tangent here. This is. Absolutely not a tangent that I have any interest in pursuing, but as a professional interviewer, I would be remiss if I did not...
0: (laughs) Said it. It Why was
1: there a raccoon turd in your Malaysian <laughs> toilet, Ollie?
0: Because, because right? oh uh, Because sometimes raccoons would break in because they knew I kept snacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And, uh, Oh God! In the end, in the end, the uh, the owner of the Airbnb that I was staying in. Why did you keep snacks in the toilet? the the this the owner of this airbnb this uh, this belgian guy he um he trapped the raccoon and it was so it was way, it was way too big for the cage because he found out he found out the raccoon was worth thousands of dollars on the black market because he, he, he i think he was racist because he said if a chinese family were to capture this they'd eat it and i googled and that is kind of true well, no, it is. I mean, there is the, there what? is a black mar- there is a there is a black market for these animals because they, they put them in hot pots. And look, this is another tangent. But the point is, there was for the longest time there was there was a, a live raccoon in a hamster cage, and I my brother's a vet, and I called him and I said, "Is this fine?" He said, "No, you should let the hamster go." But I didn't really want to confront the Airbnb owner because I wasn't getting on very well with it. Well, no, I was actually getting what? on well with him, but he, he was just very controlling in his house. Um. Oh, look. I've got is, to get to the end is, of the story. Uh, yeah, so again,
1: I don't know if you misspoke or if there was also a hamster in the hamster cage with the raccoon. You said, <laughs> no, let the, the hamster, hamster go. You said you, your brother told you you oh, have to so let the <laughs> hamster go.
0: Oh, sorry, no, I had to let the, the raccoon go. Yeah, so the hamster is so The Belgian
1: guy did not put the raccoon in a hamster cage that was already inhabited by a hamster.
0: No, the hamster okay. the hamster had gone, the raccoon was in the cage, and there was no space for it. And it was vicious. It was absolutely rat- Raccoons vicious. Raccoons are vicious. Raccoons are fucking nuts. It was not a nice thing to have in the living room. And already I wasn't really using the living room very much. Uh, and I didn't really have another, pl- I could have gone to another place, but I-, I was just constantly thinking, well, if I'm going in a couple of weeks, if I'm going in a couple of weeks, I'll just, you know, I- I'll plow on. Basically, you know, th- this Japanese guy was a nice enough chap, but there just wasn't much interaction. He was quite reclusive, stayed in his room. The Belgian guy was often leaving for for work or, as I found out, affairs. So, look, this, this is the secret podcast, so I'll explain. Basically... He had a girlfriend in this apartment who was very nice, very pleasant, but unfortunately, she didn't have a job because she worked as an air uh, stu- stewardess and uh, she was on furlough. I, about a year before, matched with a with a girl on on Tinder who I exchanged Snapchat with, and I saw whenever he was leaving for work trips, he was with this girl, right? So I knew he was cheating on his girlfriend. And, I, and it's a real big moral dilemma as to, you know, what do you do about it? And the decision I made was if ever she confronted me and asked me a question, I wouldn't lie, but also I wouldn't just, you know, put two and two together. Maybe, she, and, and, you know, then then I started inventing things like, well, oh, maybe she knew. But it was obviously pretty clear he was going away on work trips for the weekend to different states. And then there, there'd be a snapshot of, of of her and this other girl. And of course, his girlfriend didn't possibly know that, that I would know. And he wouldn't possibly have guessed that um, I might have. Uh, had a, had a previous romantic interest with this girl because she's really hot, and he would have, you know, he just doesn't know enough about me um, to know that uh, th- those were the leagues I was previously operating in. Actually, I, nothing ever happened with this girl, but you know, we exchanged Snapchat.
1: I mean, previously and currently, I'm I'm always reluctant to fly the Ali flag, but God damn, man, I don't understand.
0: No, me neither. Actually, so I, I went to a pub last night, and and some some chap just who I just met said, I need to start losing weight. I said, but why? He said, oh, you'll be more attractive girls. Said, it's just not possible. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we keep going. I, I, the, the, the sad part of the story is there was the reason I t- couldn't confront this guy about this Japanese guy that I spoke Japanese as I planned to do was because I never had much to do with him because the atmosphere in the house was getting a bit more tense. And I found out that what had actually been happening and, and I had to leave the apartment fairly quickly. And the reason being is, and this is why this story is a bit wild, and why I didn't want to put it publicly, and why I hope this audio doesn't get out. But I found out that this girl who he was dating, this guy I think is in his late thirties, early forties. The girl he was dating was twenty-two, so it's quite a big age gap, and I, I, they were in an abusive relationship, and I didn't spot it, and I feel really bad that I didn't spot it. But you know, f- for a while she'd be sleeping on the couch, and I wondered why, but. It, And once she said, oh, it's because he snores or something, but it turns out that, you know, he would there'd be days when he just wouldn't let let her sleep in his room. And I never witnessed any arguments. I never witnessed any violence. I never witnessed anything other than occasionally I saw her sobbing. But again, I I never became friends with her. I always tried to be friendly to her, but she never reciprocated. So I never probed. But one night while he was away at work. I was having some people around the flat, and she revealed a lot of pretty bad stuff about like how whenever he was away, he wouldn't let her go and see friends. And she once went out with a friend, uh, with a guy friend, and um, and he he insinuated that that uh, that she was going to cheat on on him with this guy, and, and if he dares bring bring this guy back to the house even for a drink, then she'd be uh, you know start calling her nasty names. So I kind of found all this out, and this was about a week before I was about to leave. And the reason I had to leave in a hurry was um, that they'd had such a bad row that, that he got he got violent. And this was when I'd basically, uh. I would basically I booked a hotel for the last three days or so because I wanted to, like, leave all my stuff, you know, put it in storage and then, you know, just have a nice place to stay before I before I eventually left Malaysia. Mm. So I was kind of out. <laughs> but then she was texting, uh, you know, she, she was t- texting some people that I knew, basically saying I, I need help and the one basically the basically what the the bottom line is she was in my old room locked herself in needed access to her passport which was in his room and she wanted a way to 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 kind of sort that out and there's kind of in Malaysia that you know, basically this girl's Muslim, and so the police wouldn't necessarily want to get involved because mm. there's a lot of stuff around the religious police. And if she was seen to be staying over at another guy's house, the police would probably deal with it fairly insensitively. So she was nervous about going to any of those kind of support organizations. And so the the, the genuine plan which I had come up with was I still had this Japanese guy's number. I was going to call him, and so as not to raise an alarm, I was going to. Sp- Speak to him in Japanese for the first time, and just calmly, <laughs> calmly explain, <laughs> calmly explain. uh You know, because if he was having a call in Japanese, then this guy would not understand what's going on. He wouldn't know that you know we were liaising in this way. Right, right. So I, I'd search for all the vocabulary I needed to explain. Like, she's the victim of domestic abuse. You need to go and get her passport. uh You know, don't say anything to him. So I, I'd, I'd like planned this all, and I was also, I also planned the like. Okay, this is a bit weird that I'm speaking to you in Japanese right now, but I'm you know, just <laughs> you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to just go with this. And I was even thinking, well, maybe I should get you on the phone as well, like, you know, like what, you know, what if I, I I struggle with a word or something? So I had all this planned and I was ready to um to call and get him to, you know, to get him to go and get the passport in secret so she can make her escape. But it turns out that um, he left briefly to go to the police. Weirdly, and in that window, she managed to escape because um, he's, you know, he, he um. He's a bit of a psychopath, I suppose, and I guess he thought the police would be would be on his side. Um, so that that that's how that's how all this ended. I never got a chance to say my goodbyes. Uh, I, I never like you know this Japanese guy. That's it now. I think he might be leaving the apartment too because he that the, just generally the atmosphere in the apartment was not pleasant, um, and. Uh, As far as I can tell, this guy's now... Now they're alone. And the saddest thing is... This guy's obviously got, like, some issues about letting things go. Because he tried to get my cat. The person who's got my cat. He messaged her to say... I'm very sad this cat's gone. You've got a week to bring it back. That's my cat. It's my cat Mm. that he wants back. Mm. So, I think I've covered all the main points. Yeah, so... Uh well I'm very glad to know
1: that the that the girlfriend got away and that the cat got away and that the hamster got away. What happened to the raccoon?
0: Uh I I insisted the raccoon had to go. Partly because he kept leaving and it was my job to clean up the raccoon's shit and I said I just don't think it's su- I don't think it's sustainable but look, but this is different raccoon shit to the raccoon shit in the bathroom because the raccoon was downstairs and he bought um his his ex-girlfriend some sugar gliders and they couldn't get a cage floral <laughs> <Plural. So, laughs> Yeah, yeah <plural>. so, <laughs> so it all made sense that the raccoon goes and then the sugar gliders uh, go go inside the cage so anyway, but she, so, she seems so, to be happy now. She's she's left the country, which is good for her. Tell me, uh, tell
1: me again about how you're not sure what you would talk about for sixty minutes on stage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know if I should. I maybe I should not mind this. It, it's been a weird old year. I mean, setting up a pizzeria. I haven't talked about that on the podcast, but as you know, I helped my friend set up an entire uh, I, pizzeria.
1: I know this. This is bombshell news for people who are listening
0: (laughs) it's mad isn't it yeah Uh, yeah i I, i'm sure there is i'm sure there is a there there is there is you know there's a show there isn't there i'm actually wondering whether i mean there there might be some listeners that have been to the edinburgh fringe or have been to arts festivals you you need to market yourself right you need to put something on the poster which is a hook and um i'm actually wondering whether I, i promise a no covid show you know, no jokes about COVID. Maybe people would, would want a respite for now. An but anyway, um, the show's going to be free. I'm not going to do... No, can it be free? No, the show's going to be f- just £5. So the way I'm doing it is uh, you only have to you only pay £5 to reserve your ticket and then you pay more at the end if you want. So um, I, I, I'm kind of pitching it to myself as it's not necessarily going to be profitable. Well, it's going to be low-key. And I'm going to come think, out of the end with material.
1: I think that there's definitely potential value in embracing this idea and stop clicking that thing of um Oh, can you hear that? Yeah, of course. You're clicking it in the microphone.
0: Okay, fine.
1: What do you right. that's a it's a car key, one of those like pop-out car keys that you're popping it out and then pushing it back in. Yeah. Um
0: I think Just there's definitely clear, I've got a motor vehicle.
1: A clear market value in embracing this idea of the guy who spent this fucking insane year and a half. In Malaysia, because I don't just what we've heard just now with all of these different threads with the raccoon and the the crazy Belgian <laughs> landlord and the Japanese roommate and like that in itself is insane enough. I happen to know that there are even more insane elements in your story, and if you were willing <laughs> to mine them, yeah. if you were willing yeah. to do this, like this. Basically, it's Leonardo DiCaprio in Beaches, or no, not Beaches, The Beach, which um, it's kind of like Flubber, but like on a Thai okay. beach. Um, okay, <laughs> but but comedy, and you could do this, mm. and you could do it very, very well.
0: Well, I've got to make a choice. I've got to make a choice this week because you're supposed to submit a paragraph by of like what your show's about by uh, the end of by well, end of next week. So I've got seven, I've got seven days. Let so me write it calling,
1: up. Let, let me write your paragraph <laughs> about your, right. year, your year and a half in Malaysia. And then I
0: just have to do the show, don't I? Then I just have yeah. to do it. Yeah. I think you've caught in the show before, after. Because, think, of all, uh, think
1: of all the funny, like the inherently funny ideas. That you were in Malaysia to run this startup where people could cook in their homes and then feed that to people. And then yeah. COVID hit.
0: Yeah. That's funny.
1: Yeah, that's inherently funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I I want, I actually wonder whether the, the trick for this show is to just aggressively embrace the truth. You know? <laughs> and and just and I've got a couple of previews next week. I'll see if I, I'll see I'll see if I can just The problem that I have, and it's the same problem I have with Pig in Japan, is the more unbelievable and wild it is. Right? The more funny the story is, the harder it is to turn it into stand-up. But I'm going to give it a go. Anyway, maybe there's some people here listening that, that will end up coming to watch it. If you do plan to come to Edinburgh, uh, I'd come towards the end of the run rather than the beginning. Because I, I don't think I'm going to get it done in time to, to start off. I, I might pitch the first three shows of the run as a preview anyway. Oh, that was quite cathartic getting that off. Because I think a lot of... Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to... To not give the full context, you know, because I talk about this kind of stuff a lot. Um, but I do want to keep, you know, this, I've got some some private life. Um, and that does that does involve the fact that my shits look like a raccoon's shit. <laughs> 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 that's, that's an ailment I'm not happy to share. Uh, so what we would normally do on the handshake Kai is we'd go through every episode. And before we did like 30 minutes per episode. That's obviously not happening. I'm going to type in archive...
1: Well, uh, I I remember one specific episode where there was something that I want to say, that I wanted to say to you about, that we never got to cover in a a Kai, and it's episode 73, and we're currently on episode 90.
0: Christ. So what was the last episode we did a Kai on? Do you remember? I don't remember. Did we do Daniel Yoda in a Kai? No, we didn't, did we?
1: Maybe. I don't know. The one that okay, I that I... I had something that I remember is the, uh, on. the one that we did with Kat and Reka, one of our rare yeah. two guesters.
0: That was a tough edit.
1: Yeah, it was um, because we had three guests essentially because we had uh, Rada Sensei do Reka's voiceover.
0: Yeah, and, that's true. Yeah.
1: And I did a full interview with Reka on Zoom. <laughs> I forgot to push the record button.
0: <laughs> oh, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I, had to I Do it again. <laughs> I know. Well, at least then the second time I could join because I couldn't. I, meet also person, had, could
1: I? I also had to write in and totally lie and be like, the audio quality wasn't good enough. <laughs> Which oh, did I, you know that's not a lie. That is not a lie. The audio quality was not good <laughs> it's not enough. Good enough. <laughs> Absolutely silent.
0: But actually, her audio quality the second time round I remember was pretty shit as well. We only we only allowed it because yeah, was going to be dubbed yeah, over anyway. Yeah. Um, but she was great. She was really good. I do you know what episodes like that? I quite like. I like episodes where I, I've got no skin in the game. In yeah. the, I like. I really. I know nothing about cosplay, but I know that there might be people that listen to the show who like are super super into it. And the challenge is we've got to be credible enough that people don't go. Well, they're just they, what the hell is this? They got no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So I like I like shows like that. I see as a bit of a challenge that there's definitely there's definitely listeners who are complete experts at this and who actually wish that they were in our shoes and asking the questions and we just kind of have to do them justice
1: yeah yeah that's also like i have no idea about cosplay and and i think like we don't have to be knowledgeable we don't have to do anybody justice necessarily we just have to be competent and sensitive in the way that we ask our questions Mm. like we don't want to be making fun of it We don't want to be. We've had a bunch of episodes about like kind of like anime translation or cosplay or all of these things that where it would be very easy to go for certain kinds of jokes, but not only would it alienate the guests, it would alienate the listeners. And I don't think there's any value in doing that.
0: Well, it is easy to be disparaging about fringe culture generally, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I, I think I always think we we generally do a good enough job to find out just enough. Just enough to ask questions that, that the regular fans think, well, this is still worth listening. But also, and our general point is, right, we want to bring the listeners into, some, into a world that they might not know about. Yeah, yeah. And we are playing and, that role of the you know, curious outsider.
1: But I do want to stress that when we have an episode like that, when we have an episode... So he, here's the thing about comedy. It's so easy to write lowest common denominator jokes. And it's Thank you. so easy easy to write lowest common denominator jokes that it becomes hard to write jokes that aren't. So like I, I had this problem when, when we had not only guests like um, Sarah Moon who came on to talk about anime translation or um, Dr. Alex Hamilton who came on to talk about consent, Thomas Bowden who came on to talk about uh, gay culture in, in Japan, but also this episode with cosplay that, It is so easy to find a joke about a joke where the punchline is haha gay or haha anime otaku. It's so easy that like like a Mm. like a million pop into mind and you have to kind of like go, those jokes aren't good. They're they're not good. They don't serve anything.
0: Well or well, I, I guess a more nuanced way of thinking about that is that there probably is a good joke there, but it's a lot harder to find Through all the noise of the of the low hanging fruit.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like I I, I tend to agree. The example with Thomas Boutnet. What I ended up doing was, I I I kept thinking of all these jokes where I wanted to avoid. Stop clicking that thing, Ollie. This is a different thing
0: now. This is not the keys. (sighs) This is a stop um, clicking the different thing. I'm obviously nervous. Why? Oh, that's weird. Feel the pressure.
1: So I wanted to avoid the idea of making a joke where the punchline is, what if someone was gay? Haha, ha, wouldn't that be weird? And what I ended up doing was knowing that both you and I would have that same feeling.
0: You got it out of the way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you and I would both have that same idea of like, we don't want to make these kinds of jokes. And yeah. the way you overcompensate for not wanting to do that is, is to make jokes where you go, it doesn't matter if I'm gay. I don't care if I make a joke about being gay. And I, I or, ended up...
0: Or, or you do the mistake which I make, uh, which I made, which I cut, was I made a joke which is to say I will not be making this joke. Because my original River Cruise recommendation had the word semen in it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Right? And I, I dressed it up as obviously I'm better than this, I'm above this. Yeah. But you made the point to me, it's like, well, you are still using that as a device. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got, I got rid of it. Well, the, the, the intro joke that
1: I ultimately went with was about the idea of the, this drinking game that you could play where every time you and I mm. went you know, way out of the way to prove that we were not concerned about being perceived as gay, then you'd have to drink. And th- that was my way of kind of like finding a way to make the joke about this over- sensitivity to this over focus on on whether or not being gay was fodder for jokes
0: right oh yeah that, that kind of self-awareness well it will exa- yeah well that's um i suppose I, I suppose the idea of like gay as a punchline we are of the generation where where playgrounds had exactly that right like it's it's in the very it's in the very very recent past that just yeah saying that someone was gay was like was to suggest that they transgressed, and I imagine by the next generation, and I, I like I probably like, how fast things are going. I kind of would put money on this that we just need to presume that everyone's bisexual unless they put that put a stake in the ground one way or the other. And I'm really not saying that to be facetious or provocative. I think that's probably the direction that people are going in that we just accept that like how things are fluid.
1: Dare you? How dare you? <laughs> stake in the ground. Ali in the past bisexual people were burned at the stake. How?
0: <laughs> Dare you? Yeah. Um, no, um, so, but, but yeah. An- another another thing is like, if you make a good joke, and like th- this is also true for like when I was in Malaysia doing jokes about Muslims, or when there have been when I've done gigs in front of a, a very black crowd where there's lots of black people in the audience, you like as long as you do it tastefully. If you're doing jokes about marginalised groups that are better than the ones they've previously heard, like you can, it's still funny. Right? Like it's it's still funny to make, uh, you know it's still funny to, like, let me put it this way, right? I watched a podcast yesterday where uh, with Owen Jones and he's gay and he made the joke to, he made he like the 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 guest that he had on was a comedian and the comedian made the joke, well next thing you're going to reveal that you're gay, and it's such an obvious lower you know it's such an obvious route one like oh yeah. the joke there is the reveal is you're gay When actually Owen o- o- Jones is very openly gay but they still had a genuine laugh together and and it was still funny to them that he made that even though it is an obvious joke and maybe to people that didn't have a previous relationship it might seem a bit crass but what I mean but thomas right i mean one thing that i think you and i are getting better at doing is we read the guest before we start recording and thomas was happy you know thomas was joking along with us yeah, and yeah. you know joking about his own cuz it's it's one thing that he's a professor that... Um, is he a professor? I think he yes. might be. Uh, yeah. So it's one thing that, that he is researching and lecturing issues relating to gay men. But it's another thing that he is also a gay man himself with everything that... that uh, you know, with all the comic potential that that, 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 that has too. That and he was very that- happy to joke.
1: Yeah. That was something that actually in that episode, I remember that I was conscious of. Stop clicking whatever the fuck you're clicking. Stop okay. it. So I was very do, conscious of. You know,
0: Can I just say I'm really pleased that you're saying this because if you hadn't, if you're not calling me out on it, I probably would have gone back in the edit and it, tried to trim them out. <laughs> but now you've said this, it's just. Now I've, sa-
1: I've saved your time for. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Thomas, I remember being very conscious of whether or not it was okay to make a joke about the idea of him as a gay man doing research in mm. in the gay community. Yeah. And, I, and I, kept, like, I kept thinking there's an easy joke there. There's, there's a really easy joke there. But I didn't know, and I still don't know necessarily whether or not that's an okay joke.
0: Well, you don't go into this area of research unless you want to hang around in those worlds, right? Like if his field research necessitated in him hanging around gay bars, you don't sign up to that PhD because you hate gay bars, right? You do it because you want to be there. You know well, what I mean... Like, like, well, it's, I mean <laughs> Is it
1: equivalent to me going, like, I've done a lot of research into Japanese schoolgirl porn or something like that?
0: Or me doing a PhD in fried chicken. Yeah. I'd, well, I don't know. But it's something that I think we should tease out more in academics. I think we did it, I think we, we did this with um, uh, Hambleton, Alex, Dr. Alexandra Hambleton that we started to get a little bit into her political views and her worldview and how that shapes her academia. That Like you can't separate the fact that she as an individual is a feminist and her academic research is to do with modern feminism. And I think if we're going to get an academic on to talk about their work, and obviously we had this discussion with her in the extras about the separation of art an artist or in this case academic and their, their academic work i think it's something we should we should dig out a bit more yeah you know it's it's something we should probe more because i think it's kind of a given that these people are not necessarily coming to their work from a quote unquote objective point of view not through any fault of their own but because the objective point of view doesn't exist when you're dealing with with issues of, of social yeah, studies d- i
1: mean it doesn't for us either
0: yeah Exactly, exactly. It's no, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a necessarily as a fault point, but I, I think it's I'm just interested in like when you're a young person at university and you're thinking, what job do I want to have? To have such a strong sense of your own convictions that you want to go into academia and and progress the way that the world thinks about an issue, I think does speak volumes. And uh, and in the future, when we get academics on, I think we should talk to them about you know, what what motivated them in the first instance to go into this field and get past the normal platitudes that they that they will often give, right? Yeah. Which is, ah, oh, I was always interested in, you know, I, I really wanna know, you know, could you have got a job elsewhere? And what was it that motivated you to do this rather than that? Uh anyway, yeah, rather than go through each individual episode in turn or jump between them, can I give you the name of the episodes and you give three words which sum up that episode? We'll do a speed oh, wow. round.
1: Uh, I will do my best. Would you
0: prefer, would you prefer three or five?
1: Five.
0: Okay, no, three, five, three, 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 three. three, three. All right, fine. So uh, I think the last episode, if, we, if the last Hanseikai was published in January, am I right in saying that? Yes, I am. Yeah, probably. January 31st. That means we need to start with Daniel Yoda. So, Wok Dad Japan, Daniel Yoda. Good publicity effort. opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, because we picked up quite a few listeners from that, didn't we? Because he, yeah. his podcast is quite successful. Yeah. Yeah. Also, genuinely nice guy.
1: <laughs> so, oh, I, now I see what's happening here. You make me the
0: asshole. <laughs> Okay. okay, 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 okay. Fine, I want you to shoot from the hip and be honest. That's what this is about. So, okay. next one. Cole Mori and Other Fossils with Stephen Stapinski.
1: Wide-ranging? Great.
0: Yeah, surprisingly interesting, I would say. Uh, you Can't Fire Me with lawyer Atsuro Tsujino. Uh,
1: hard edit, good listen. That's four.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. He was he was new to broadcasting, wasn't he? So he, he took quite a bit of coaching, but he had lots to say. Mm. Cosplay cosplay for pay with Cat Mystic Gun raker. You called a guest a bitch. <laughs> Did I? No,
1: no. Uh, this, so this is the one that this is the one that I remembered that I had something for Hanse Kai that I wanted to say. Right, let's and do you, it. You didn't call her a bitch, but we we don't th- – this was, again, somebody that we had no prior connection with. This was someone that we wanted to do a cosplay episode because of Are you talking about Catgun Gunn or Rekha? Both. But, oh, yeah, but – But Cat Gunn well, well, is arguably – Who did I arguably, do the phone with? Cat is arguably one of the most famous guests we've had on the show in terms of her right. following, in terms of who she is. She's one of the most the, – like, I have reached out to her going, she will never in a million years say yes to this, and she did. And when we were recording the extras, the first thing that you said to her was something about how her world was bitchy.
0: Hmm. Do you remember this? Hmm. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm not going to deny it. I don't think I... Okay, I didn't call her a bitch. Let's No, you, okay you absolutely
1: here. did not, yeah.
0: I think what I would have said is like, it might... It's something like, she, the, the world of cosplay based on what we would researched is kind of not everyone is in it is in not everyone is in for supporting each other and there is a bit of cattiness and a bit of like what you said was that you were excited to discover
1: a new bitchy world every time you discovered this yeah. new bitchy world but yeah. i remember seeing her eyebrows shoot up the second you said that, because "bitchy" is such a gender-coded word, and she doesn't know us. Is it? Well, what?
0: You think uh, I Well, well, maybe, well, maybe, the, maybe I'm wrong, but I. Bitchy? I may, well, what? You, you don't think boys can be bitchy? Maybe they can't.
1: I think that if you call a boy "bitchy," you're doing it as a as a way to denigrate them by calling them a woman.
0: Right. Bitchy. Okay.
1: The. I'm more surprised by you not understanding that bitchy is a gendered word than I am about the raccoon poop.
0: Well, okay. <laughs> okay, well, we'll mate, well, whether it's gendered or not, you're suggesting that... So, sh- from my vague recollection, Ollie, this was a while the ago. the word bitch means female dog. Argue that right. it's not gendered. Okay. Go. No, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. Do it's your not, lawyer I just, business. I just hadn't, I just hadn't thought. Uh, so... Shit. I, I, so I was rubbing my hands with glee, going, oh, another little, another little bitchy world of infighting that we can get our teeth into. I said something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And she didn't like it.
1: I, I think she took it very, very well. But I think okay. it was this real clear signal that like I need to be on my toes instead of trusting these guys. And, and it stood out to me because it was... You've, it's been said before that you ask questions that potentially antagonize guests. And I I, I know that I think that part of it is intentional and I think that part of it It is is. unintentional, but it stood out to me because it was in the very, very beginning. It was like,
0: (laughs) right, 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 right. Before I built a relationship, it's so it's so funny that we're mentioning this now because I've just listened to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast where he interviews Stephen Merchant. And this was a podcast from years ago and he's re-released it on his feed and he's done it with a new intro. And he's explained how he basically had to apologise to Stephen Merchant after the interview. Because Richard... I actually wonder whether I'm quite influenced by Richard Herring's interviewing style. Because I've, I've watched every single one of his interviews. And his kind of persona is he's a he's kinda of quite childish in mm. that he kind of asks these petulant questions. But somehow, because he is quite a smart guy, somehow, if you come at a topic from a really petulant, childish, jokey curveball, it it's it does something that means people really open up. They kind of regress. So You know, he he got he got Stephen Fry to admit that uh, he was feeling suicidal. Uh, This this Stephen Merchant in the episode, he um, he 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 straight up asked him, "Have you ever tried to suck your own cock?" And that obviously got a laugh and made Stephen Merchant feel a bit vulnerable. But then he started talking about how like he's got this slight, these slight issues with his body and how he doesn't actually like looking at his penis and like it opened up something really interesting now i don't think i'm quite that much of a provocateur that i say something so well, outlandish that the guest yeah. feels the need to reground it but i i do believe that i'm influenced by this like style of well you can, if you just engage with someone on the frequency of the the kind of expected platitudes, that's all you'll ever get back. But yeah. if you shoot from a slightly different angle, at least it makes it makes a guest think, right? That's the main thing you want a guest to do, right? You want them to think about their answer before they give it. And yeah. Yeah, and, and and I appreciate I get misfires. And this is exactly what Richard Herring said in his intro. He said, on balance, I was riding a giddy high because I just recorded another episode and it went really well. The audience was was in a good mood. And, you know, I, I thought I was more chummy with Stephen Merchant than I actually was. In the end, I had to apologize to him. And, and so I, I was doing some self-reflection when I listened to this. and I was like, oh, yeah, I totally get this. I totally get yeah. that when it goes well, it goes better. When it goes badly, you've got to regress and you've got to backtrack very quickly.
1: Yeah. Well, so I, I see this in a couple of different ways. Um, one of them is from my experience as, as an interviewer. And I know that this is an interview technique that you can use to get really good responses from the people you're interviewing. Especially, you know, I do all these Japanese shows where I'm talking to people who craft something in this traditional way that they've passed down through generations for hundreds of mm. years. and It's generally you go, boring, isn't it? Yeah. But in that moment, as the interviewer, if you go, it'd be so much easier if you used a machine to do this and it would do it better. If you say that, Mm. it's very antagonistic. But what it does in the moment is that it makes them justify what they're doing and Mm. articulate their reasons for doing it the way that they do it. And when they respond in that way, it really brings out the value in why it they makes do them a it little, that
0: a way. little bit emotive I suppose yeah yeah rather than just their logical brain responding it, yeah it's shaped by their emotive brain yeah
1: so from that point of view I, I I totally understand that and I also do think that that our general difference in approach to the show is that your goal with the show is to to get the best responses and the most kind of like intuitive and not not intuitive the most um, insightful and deep responses. And I want them to say goal, something they
0: haven't said elsewhere.
1: Yeah. And my goal with the show is to get people to like me. <laughs> 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 yeah. And I think that that definitely anytime you make a choice like that, or you ask a question like that, I go, Oh fuck, they're going to hate us. And after the show was fully recorded, and I listened back to it, I go, whatever Ali did in this moment, made for a better response on the guest's part.
0: I I just I just think because I I'm on the receiving end sometimes right. Whenever I'm interviewed, I know that there's I know when when an interview is good, it's when they've made me go. Okay. And I've, and I've had to like actually engage with the question and I think we're always at the risk of going, Oh, it was a great series you made. What was the most challenging part about making something so beautiful? They're not engaging if we, if we ask like that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's a, we've got an upcoming guest that I listened to a show that they did elsewhere and kind of went like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to just kind of like go like, so, so this is another thing that we've had in our Hansei guys between just you and me in the past handful of episodes where we hey, go... we should
0: record those. <laughs> yeah, we should
1: totally we should record those. Uh, we've noticed a pattern where our best episodes are episodes where people come on who are ge- genuinely knowledgeable and studied about whatever it is they're talking about, wh- whatever yeah. their area is. And there's a huge gap between those people and the episodes where we get somebody on who goes, I did a thing and I'm going to talk Mm. about the thing that I did. And those episodes, I think when you listen to them, they sound fine, but that's a testament to the editing. Um, I'm glad this is the secret podcast. There are episodes where it's like somebody just came on to talk about something that they did, And, and, and let me rephrase that. We invited them on. I invited them on because I thought it would be, make for an interesting show. And yeah, and
0: I actually I don't think you're talking about one specific episode here. We've talked about there's there's at least four or five where there's yeah. been a project yeah, 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 or there's yeah. been a, a, a something a thing and we've spent more time. And this is a fault of us as much as the guest. We've spent more time thinking about the thing than the guest and what motivated the guest to make the thing and right. You know, we and we've you know, as much as as it's easy to say it's a fault of the guest and maybe it is. Uh, but no, no it's also, I, I think it's both. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's partly that when, th- whenever we're doing an episode that's focused on an outcome that's already been achieved, there's just less, there's just less to explore. Whereas, right. um, and I don't, I don't think Nick would mind us saying this because I think Nick, like you know Nick Saz who was the episode 12th of March, I think his episode teetered on that. When we were talking about his um mm. his going you know Kyushu walking around live. the street yeah, yeah, the yeah. Kyushu live it wasn't showing the best of him. It wasn't actually like for, you know while Nick is very good at it, there are lots and lots and lots of people that could make Kyushu live right. Whereas the 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 episode got good when Nick started talking about stuff which was unique to Nick and his 30 years experience in publishing and, you know, some of the inbound tourism stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I felt we, like we, that was we, a pretty strong episode. That. Oh, it definitely was. But it was one of those episodes that if we hadn't had that pre-existing relationship with Nick, and if all we knew was that Nick had produced Kyushu Live, that would have fallen into the category of an episode, which is, here's a guy that's done a thing, Right. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the, the, by virtue of the fact that we had a pre-existing relationship with Nick that that tipped the direction. I think if Nick listens to this, he will probably agree that he, like the more interesting yeah, aspects it, of his not interview the, are... It's not
1: the I did a thing, it's the insight from the yeah. experience and, and the insight that led into producing the thing, the insight garnered from the thing. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right when we just kind of focus on Something that's already been achieved, it doesn't have the same impact as right, right. a social issue or, or a cultural issue.
0: Right. Um, okay, well, I think uh, point taken. Uh, Yenda Inequality with Marika Katanuma. Three words.
1: Very informative content. Eventually. <laughs> yeah. So this this is this is one of the episodes. So this is one of the episodes that I was really thinking about when we 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 did an extra where we responded to somebody saying, "When you have a Japanese guest, you guide them too much."
0: Oh yeah, they were talking about this episode. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I felt especially in terms of this episode that our guidance is not feeding someone answers. It's helping them when they're insecure because it's very hard to do a podcast in your non-native language. It's very hard to Mm. answer an interview in your non-native language.
0: Also, just to add an extra layer, it's hard when you're in someone like Marika's position who is a woman that has previously received hate online who is f- relatively new to her job doesn't ha- you know not that established in her in, in yeah. Bloomberg and so like you know and and had to undergo media training before the interview and so this was like her test yeah, case she from could the-
1: not come on our show until she had completed media training and she'd right. literally just finished it the week before she was allowed and, to come on the would,
0: show and we 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 were her first rodeo so there was lots of things that mitigated against her for want of a better word, being herself. You know, she mm. she was definitely Bloomberg journalist, Marika Katanuma. Additionally, as an individual, she's very, very loyal to facts. Uh, yeah. and I think that's partly her media training, but also her. You know, she, she didn't want to be speculative and she wanted to speak about her experience. Sorry, not her experience as a journalist. She wanted to speak about her journalism rather than her experience of the things that she was journalisming about. Thank right. you. And this was one of these. This is one of these episodes where we had to record a lot of content, to like a lot of a lot more than made the edit, and a lot more that even made the extras, in order to to do. I think we showed her in a very very good light. I think the edit is a real credit to her and her abilities. But because of all the limitations that were put on her by her, by but well, I wouldn't say limitations by Bloomberg. I mean Bloomberg, fair enough. And whenever we've had someone from Bloomberg, they've always been great. So this isn't a criticism of Bloomberg. It's just a criticism of. In her position, as someone that was new to doing this kind of recording, as someone that was not 100% confident in her, in her English, as someone that was nervous about this being her first you know, broadcast experience, it, it, we couldn't just get the answers we, we needed straight off the right.
1: bat. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I, I also want to mention that immediately after she, the episode was released, she retweeted us and quoted us and then deleted all of it. And and that you was and I was that
0: was that was horrible, wasn't it? That yeah, was... you and I were like,
1: oh my god, like did did she re-listen terrible. to it and figure out something that she didn't like or or did we do something wrong? And it was it wasn't anything to do with us. It was just that she was experiencing some severe online harassment. And I think it had something to do with like being a woman and being Japanese and saying things that were perceived as critical of Japan.
0: Yeah, of course. And I bet these people didn't even hate. listen to the episode, did they? They just, yeah, yeah. They just expected her to talk shit. Anyway, I, I, re- I as an individual, I really liked her. And I had a long chat with her after the show. And she she's one of the guests where, uh, like, I'm genuinely oh, excited. I, if I go to Tokyo, I want to go for a drink with her.
1: I absolutely want to have her back on.
0: Yeah, I really liked her. Um,. Uh, yeah, I, I could see, you know, if she lived in the same city, I could see that she'd be the kind of person I want to be a friend with. Uh She's also far wittier than she came across in the episode.
1: Well, I mean, that that was intentional on her part. She made it yeah. very clear that she was not going to say anything that was not like relaying factual informa- information. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Go Virtually Everywhere in Japan with Nick Sass. We've kind of covered, covered that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll move on. Oh, this is great. Late Night Snacks, The Japanese Kind, with Alice. Bobby Judo Redemption. <laughs> we did talk about this on the main episode, didn't we? We did,
1: we did. We I had to. I, She's the only person who's ever blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> that you know about. That I know about. Um, and I had the chance to kind of like clear the air and get back on her good graces.
0: All right, well, thanks for giving your Hansei as a reflection purely about yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. That speaks volumes. Olympic Your Battles with Rochelle Cop.
1: Rochelle's great.
0: Yeah. That was... I wouldn't say that was her best episode, though.
1: Oh, I would say absolutely to date her best episode is, is the bonus episode that we did. Yeah. About her petition.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because she was, like, super fired up. She had every, all the information she needed to hand. And she, you know, like, she was... She was like in the what's the words She was at the cold face, um, but yeah, the- but
1: but this was the episode where, where we got the insight from her about the Olympics that you have continued to latch onto, and I think that you liked the most about this idea of Japan crossing the yeah. Rubicon, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I've I've quoted this I've quoted this on other things. Like, hey, I don't think it's a bad episode. I just don't think it was her best one, uh, partly because, um, the issue was is really big. Right? The issue's just really, really big. And um, I wonder whether... Well, I, I could I could kind of get a sense with Rochelle that she was collecting her thoughts on this issue and putting together different strands of thinking as we were recording. Yeah. Uh, that was my feeling. Anyway, I I think uh, I think it's on record that we're big fans of Rochelle. Hey, we're even bigger fans now. She's a member. Can you believe that? Absolutely yeah. daft. If she'd asked us, she would have got it for free. Uh, Japan stories more whack, less fact with David A McNeil. This was the British guy.
1: Loved his honesty.
0: Hmm. Yeah, he's of a certain age, isn't he? Where he's starting to give less of a shit. I think.
1: And and it was really interesting to talk about this idea that you and I were so ready to jump on this idea of like Western outlets getting Japan wrong. And the first question that we asked him about it, he immediately came back with like, "I was a part of this." like mm. this is why i did this and that mm. that gives it so much more depth and credibility
0: yes and actually we ended up speaking less about his article which was the the reason why i invited him on he he wrote an article for the foreign correspondence club of of japan yeah uh or tokyo is it called well, whatever yeah. oh
1: uh, can i be can i be super super petty for like one minute and also the last 37 years yeah go on uh, he, he um he in we had a segment in soap talk about what he called bloopers which for an american bloopers does not mean this
0: i um, didn't think he got the road right either by the way yeah he kept calling them bloopers
1: it was like slips a, of the
0: tongue in mm, japanese a, a blooper is used in in a in television when yes. you get a take wrong yeah yeah I didn't, I didn't want to call him out on it though, because it I might just, be uh, a
1: very specific Irish thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, you might be right, yeah so um,
1: he, yeah, it might be normal in, in whatever language they speak in I- Ireland, but um, uh, <laughs> so when he was relaying his bloopers, he had a blooper of his bloopers where he said that he'd gotten the word for nail wrong and he'd called it a neji when actually he called it a negi when actually it's a neji a yeah. nail is not a neji a nail is a kugi a screw is a neji okay hansekai material right there
0: you can uh, you can use that nail to hang your pedant uh, pendant Pendant. Pendant, yes. Okay. Uh, the Children Are the Mirai, with Jason Mitchell from Nihongo Domo. I always wonder whether guests like it when we have to say where they're from. In the you, title. Know, <laughs> you know, you
1: know, I do it when I want to lend credibility. And I I like, uh, when when I either want to lend credibility, I, I title all the episodes. We should make that clear. Yeah. Um, I do it when I want to lend either credibility or leverage somebody else's platform. Right. So okay. in Jason's case, Nihongo Domo is is his uh, kind of like bilingual language, bilingual child-raising blog. Bilingual language. Bilingual language. Uh, his two, his, his double bilingual language blog. Um, so I wanted to kind of like, Acknowledge the fact that there's not a lot of name recognition on Jason Mitchell, but there might be on Nihongo Domo.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just, I just think it's interesting that you know the naming convention isn't consistent, and I wonder how guests feel. That's that's the only question I'm asking.
1: That's also something that I'm aware of when I when I title it.
0: Yeah, because sometimes we say like with journalist or
1: yeah. Yeah. With, anyway, with, I mean, it's just a, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's also a space response, constraint my... too.
0: So if if the title's longer, we have to use less in the name as well, don't right. we? Sometimes there are other things at play.
1: My response to that, I guess, in the end, is that I mean, when I have to kind of attach a from or a, an explanation of who the person is when they're a guest, I mean, the guest knows who they are. <laughs>
0: Right, 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 right. It reminds me, when I I did a show in Myanmar, this is ages ago now, and uh, there was a a board outside, which is Comedy Night Tonight with comedian Ollie Horn. And comedian was in inverted commas. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So what what, what, what I'll say about
1: the Jason episode is that it was a fantastic episode and that um, he was one of the handful of people so far who've approached us and said, I'd like to be on the show to talk about this. And we totally welcome that.
0: He prepared insanely well, didn't he? And so yeah, that did yeah, make yeah, yeah. that did make for a much better episode. I actually think, right? Obviously, I don't have skin in the game because I don't have kids. But I think if you do have kids and you live in Japan, and I guess, and you're a father, we haven't really got a mother's perspective yet. But the the Daniel and the Jason episodes together do provide like a bit of, well, there are different perspectives. You know, there, there are different through lines in, in those two yeah. episodes. Okay, uh, we we we, I, I, we didn't communicate this, but in my head we'd we're trying to keep this to an hour. But we're, we're way we're... over time. Yeah, yeah. So now now uh, this is a ninety minute are, episode. Are there
1: are there any other episodes that you specifically would like to 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 address?
0: Yes, the rest. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, well let's just let's just run through it. Uh, Hiroshima's first annual PCR palooza with JJ Walsh. Just do it in three words. We did that. Yep, uh, it was kind of <laughs> inevitable. We, we had we had to get her on because we we both went on her, on her show, and and she's a great uh, guest. She's very very she was, she was very energetic, very compelling. It was, speaker. I remember that being quite an easy edit. Uh, Games Japan actually once with Stephen Case. I would say good that we did it eventually. I knew that we would. Oh, I knew we'd have Stephen on eventually, and it just happened. I mean, we hadn't booked, We hadn't booked a guest that week. A fun topic. Mm. Something, that, uh, Steve, something that Stephen mentioned to me was quite a lot of people who he knows from his other jobs. You know, he's, he does teaching, he does lecturing, he does game stuff. Didn't know that him and I knew each other. So, like, some people listen to the show and some people are independently friends with Stephen and didn't know that there was a link between me and Pardon me. Yeah. There was a link between me and Stephen. So that was quite cool. Uh, Visual K with Serafina. I don't remember can that I, episode. Can I uh, use a
1: contraction, shouldn't have, as one word?
0: Yep. Shouldn't have
1: stopped recording.
0: Oh, this yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about now. The, the most
1: fucking fascinating 40 minutes of this episode happened after we stopped recording. She Only has because we so... stopped recording, we got to be clear. Maybe. Because it maybe. was off the record. Oh, she she would have let us record it. She absolutely would have let us record it. But um, she talked about Visual K, and she talked about it in very general terms. And it was very educational. And it was uh, it was another one of these episodes where this is a world that you and I know nothing about. Yeah. But we never kind of hammered down on why she knew so much about it until after we stopped recording. And after we stopped recording, we found out that this, this guy, Hide, who was from ex-Japan who she was a fan of she had so much access to his personal life and through his so, brother through through his family after he passed yeah. away his,
0: like um, his his mother was basically in love with her and treated her like a daughter she would yeah. always go backstage at events with, like there was just so much juicy stuff that she revealed about how and she was almost tearful when because i asked her the final yeah, question was yeah. what what do you think he would think if he you know if he knew you now yeah, and you know she, she she did almost shed a tear when she said, I, "I think we'd be friends."
1: Yeah, but like all of the all of the time, the the episode is good. The episode is great, but everything that happened when we weren't recording after we finished the episode lent so much depth to what she had set up until then, and it's it, it was like one of those things where like it made me very conscious of the fact that we need to we need to be conscious going forward of establishing who the guest is and why they have the knowledge that they have and, and to not stop recording.
0: Yeah. And also like, I mean, I just think generally it's if we can, we should just be recording and then get clearance after. Yeah. If we can comfort women. Why deny? Oh, this was a, this was an absolute belter, wasn't it?
1: Uh, fuck the three word limit. Chelsea and Alex should have their own podcast. I would mm. listen to that. I would listen to that every fucking week. Chelsea, Sandy Sheeter, and uh, Dr. Alexander Hamilton are are two of these, like, again, academics, man. Ooh. Who would have thought that people who know what they're fucking talking about would make for <laughs> I know, great guests? I know.
0: I know, but the thing is, they're busy, Chelsea... so they don't have time to do our nonsense.
1: Dude, Chelsea and Thomas and Alex, give them a podcast. Let them talk about gender representation. Let them talk about...
0: You That's know. the problem with these with these academics. Their version of a podcast is a journal, which they're <laughs> going to write, or a class that they're going to teach. Losers! You should you should do <laughs> do what we did by, by, by condenser mics. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, you're right. They should they should. Well, I mean, but this is this is generally like the the evergreen problem with academics, right? Like the breakthrough of their research, and you know, interfacing this cutting edge research. Well. I'm going uh, to with, with with a general audience. I'm
1: going to jump ahead and, and do Alex's episode now, "Japan in the Golden Age of Consent," with Dr. Alexander Hamilton. Um, I, I, I like went back and forth with myself. My first question for her in the news was, "What the hell?" And I had originally written the question as, "What the it's fuck?" Like an
0: ollie technique." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's an absolute ollie move and i i'd originally wanted to ask what the fuck and i kind of went like uh oh, she's she's a academic i don't want to push too hard and when i asked what the hell she her immediate reaction was mm-hmm. like i would have said what the fuck and yeah. i think it's a very now kind of thing this like it's only because of this current generation's exposure to the internet and and i mean i mean they're the same generation as you and i and my image of academics is stodgy, is like mm. professor, but they're the same as you and I. And yep. so,
0: yeah, uh, there's, a, there's an Oxford maths professor on YouTube, which has like tattoos and a nose ring and, you know, like just looks cooler than we are. You're right. <laughs> which they is had... not
1: hard to do. Let's be honest. We're in, ch- um, yeah,
0: we're in charge now. Yeah, you're right. They should have a podcast. Uh, okay and also just generally that episode it's always hard it's really really hard to do um episodes about stuff as sad as rape i mean let's just be clear that's what the episode was about but we somehow did it (laughs) We somehow did it with with jokes as well so uh, you know i I don't think someone's gonna i mean if you want to find something offensive obviously you'll find it but i think a general listener would would probably think that we dealt with that as delicately as can be expected from two Comedian podcasters.
1: Uh, I am very, very happy with both of these episodes.
0: Five rings that rule us all with Matt Alt.
1: Name me a better all-around Japanese pop culture speaker than Matt Alt.
0: Yeah, well, there isn't one. Certainly not. Uh, he, he's the guy that um, is so committed as well. He, he he talked to us through an Amazon box. He put a mic in a box.
1: <laughs> he put his head in a box. <laughs> he put, his put head a, in a mic in a box, and then he stuck his head in it.
0: Yeah, great. And, you know, he's the kind of guest which does make you think, well, if all the guests were like that, we could do a 45-minute show. But unfortunately, they're not all like that. Japan's Gay Ideal, Macho Macho Men with Dr. Thomas Baudinette.
1: I am proud of this title. Um, I I really like this I remember going back
0: and forth on this, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, um, Thomas promised to write us uh, JBRC slash fanfic and has not yet done
0: it. <laughs> yeah, some homoerotic where you and I are on a boat and do naughty things yeah. to each other. Bonus, no more Olympic cutbacks with Michelle well, well, Wait,
1: let, let's go back to Macho Macho Man for a second. Because, oh, okay. Um, so, I, like, there was one moment in this where, where we had to clarify something that happened. Um, he made a joke about not... Wanting to be in a relationship with Japanese men about like people asking him, um, whether or not he had a Japanese partner and him going like, based on what I know of Japanese people, hell no. And
0: he didn't want people to take that the wrong way there, did he?
1: Well, I mean, I, I immediately went like, you, you can't just say that. Like we have to like explore what, why you would say that. And I think we handled it pretty well in the episode and he handled it very well in the answer explaining that it was tongue in cheek. But it struck me afterwards as, like, listening back, like, if we didn't have that, if we just let it go, that's one of those moments that somebody could latch onto and go... Right. This is problematic.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, we've had this discussion off air as well, but I would prefer that we make, an ep- we make episodes for the 95% of tolerant people who aren't searching for something... That is problematic. And like, while I'm not saying that if someone finds something offensive, we shouldn't concern ourselves with that. Yeah. But I would rather we, you know, and I think we do a good job of this. That there are always people who make it their life's mission, or sometimes even their job, yeah, to, to, you know, to, to find one bad thing that someone's done, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, or
0: someone said, and you know, and make a big song and dance of it. I'd rather, while these people can't be ignored and shouldn't be ignored. I'd rather we should remember that the vast majority of our listenership are reasonable people who accept that we're recording this essentially live. And while we do edit bits out, you know, sometimes we want to just keep the conversation raw. And sometimes we are exploring issues that we haven't thought about as hard. And people, people in theory can like over the course of the years of listening to us can hear our personal growth and know that we're not fully fledged, uh, you know, paradigms of, of, of justice and truth and virtue. And I would much rather, you know, whenever these little niggling doubts happen, we remember that the majority of the people that listen to our show are good, decent people who are also flawed and vulnerable and who accept yeah. that we are too.
1: Yeah, um, but at the same time, I've listened back to episodes and gone like, I remember in the moment hearing somebody say something and go, wait, what? And not saying it because... Mm. Because, because my preoccupation is being a good host and not, not kind of like pushing someone away or not putting someone on the defensive. But like, if I want to give examples, um, uh, the first J.J. Walsh episode, which I love her. She's fantastic. But we were talking about tourism, and there were a handful of things oh, that we the got buses. into. No, no, no uh the the ideal tourists and how like chinese tourists were bad because of this and french tourists were good because of that and listening back to the episode i, I like even in the moment i kind of went there's a little element of classism here where like where you start to select out what kind of tourists are good and what kind of motivations right.
0: are right right yes okay the point being that they're not like this because they're chinese they're like this because they're from a certain wealth bracket and this is right, the only right, holidays right. available to them yeah yeah i get i get and, that
1: and it wasn't about the idea of of saying like hey you said something problematic or i just dis- i like like i think that this is offensive it was the idea of like well let's explore why intrinsically this is good and this is bad but out of politeness i like held back from asking it mm. and i think it could have made for a better episode if we'd explored that.
0: Well, I don't think she would have mind being c- oh, no. called up on it yeah, because yeah, yeah. what we know of her is that she's not racist, but yeah. she you know, but she's also I, she was I, also I don't mean to imply that at all. Yeah, no, no, well, I know you don't. But I, I, she was, you know, she was answering that question from an environmental point of view and about yeah. what's the ideal tourist from a sustainable tourism point of view, not what is like, not how should we be nice to everyone in the world. That wasn't the question that she was she was having to answer, was she? but yeah. yeah but it's a delicate one isn't it because i think that it's fine that guests say stuff that we don't agree with right like it it has yeah. to be it has to be fine that and you know f- for everything that we gain by challenging guests on things which we think mm, okay i'm not sure we might also lose you know something down the line it's a tough one isn't yeah. it yeah uh Bobby does title every show, but I titled this one, and this was one of the few episodes that the guest got in touch to say they liked the title. <laughs> uh, uh, so this is bonus. No more Olympic cutbacks with Rochelle Cop. Rochelle Cop joins the boys for an emergency broadcast to discuss how the removal of a few branches has actually increased the shade. We continue to throw on the Olympics. There's three puns in you, that.
1: You read the whole description. You didn't even go for just the title. Yeah, this was very well executed, very well done, and a great a great episode for a good cause. That ended ended up ultimately um pointless meaningless <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah that's a shame isn't it but yeah. yeah that was it was good and i was on the fence as to whether to do a bonus episode because i i do think there is such a thing as like spamming our feed because if, if you subscribe to the show firstly that's there's like a bit of friction in having done that and so we want to ideally we want to keep people subscribed because if they liked us to begin with we hope that they'll continue to like us yeah. But if we just put anything on the main feed, it's like, well, you know, it's like getting another email you don't want from a mailing list. So I actually wonder whether this should be part of another episode. But then, of course, when we recorded it, I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is actually, yeah. actually very good. Localized pain with translator Sarah Moon. Yay for weebs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: good. Yeah, this uh, was, this was a really interesting episode. Uh, like, again, I think some of our best episodes are when we're totally out of our, our wheelhouse, where we get somebody who's very, very knowledgeable about something that you and I don't necessarily have access to. And you, th- like, this came across as a joke in the episode, but you legit did not get the joke about her name being Sarah Moon until the very, very end.
0: No, 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 no I actually didn't. It. Yeah, yeah, we ended up well, re-recording that. Yeah, we ended up recording it for ha- the Yeah, we show, had to explain but... it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, know, fine. Yeah. Um, I, I still think, by the way, that we overassume assume knowledge on the part of our audience. I think that's just a, a general problem that we have uh-huh. with, with words in Japanese and, and you know, various bits and bobs. But you can, you know, if you think about children watching a movie, they can still enjoy it while not understanding every reference. So the same presumably is true for adults. Yeah. A Japan Less Travelled with Alicia Ivalich.
1: Can I get four words for this one? Yes, you may. She did a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think I think I think we underperformed on this episode.
1: Yeah, I think we could have we could
0: have got a lot more out of her. It was partly that uh, it was quite last minute, wasn't it? We didn't. (laughs) Dude, it took me six months to set that up. (laughs) <laughs> no but like i mean i didn't prepare but like to be very, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah i mean i i i think i only knew the guest who the guest was the day before normally yeah and i watched her thing and that was about as much prep as i did yeah i i, I think i let i think well i certainly i think i feel like i let her down a bit um i didn't get didn't get the best out of her yeah. and also that th- that was that funny thing that like Normally with guests where one of us has a pre-existing relationship, the other person relies on that. And sometimes that's kind of a cause of tension, right? You know, right. When, when, when we've had guests that I'm very friendly with, you kind of feel that you have to work twice as hard and vice versa. Yeah. But with her, it's like, I thought you had a pre-existing relationship with her. Turns out you met her once. And yeah. that's, that's, not, that's not, the same, it's not the same thing. So it was like we were both building rapport from the beginning. And also, this was another one of those episodes where, uh, for, you know, we can't always be responsible because people have busy lives, but there was just so many audio issues to begin with. And so we started about 45 minutes after we planned to, and it's just, it puts everyone in a bad mood, doesn't it? When you've just been messing about with cables and headphones and so anyway, uh, to be honest, I think uh, as a guest, she had like, she ticked every box. Yeah. So we, you know, we have to be responsible. Japan in the golden age of consent with Dr. Alexander Alexander Hamilton, we've dealt with, and now we're on the home straight. I,
1: I, I would say again, like this is one of the best episodes we've ever done. And I think for me, so every episode that, that we do, you edit it to try to end on a laugh line. And there have been, I've counted, there have been three episodes out of 90 where that laugh line was not something that you or I said, but a guest said.
0: Oh, that's and good. And
1: it's one of my favorite things when it happens, when when a guest gets the laugh line. And this was one yeah, of them. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I I I I completely agree. Also, that 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 episode had one of my favorite jokes that I've written because it combined my actual legal knowledge with joke writing, which was um Oh, uh, a sexual offence is the absence of consent. What do you call a sexual offence with consent? A damn good kinky time. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was really pleased with it. Well, was... But when I said it, a- Alexandra wasn't like. I don't think she found it, she found it very. No, funny. no. Or at least she was I remember expecting her laughing more yeah. than I did. Oh, okay. um,
1: but but also this is one of those episodes where like the subject matter is so dark, and we did get a message from somebody saying that like. This is the first episode that, that this was from. I think a woman named Kumiko, and she said she listens to it with her husband, and it was the first time that her husband ever had to stop listening. It had to be like, "Oh, in the middle. I remember was like, you I can't told listen me about this anymore." Yeah, and it it and she she made it a very specific point to say it wasn't because your jokes were bad; it was because just the subject material was so dark. And
0: it was nice of her to clarify that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but I thought it was kind of a testament to, to Alex's willingness to go in all different directions and, and kind of like flexibility in the way that she was willing to approach this, that we could have a conversation that was so easy to listen to while talking about kind of like darker stuff.
0: Uh, and there was also a sense that because she has researched this from an academic point of view it's a bit like you know it's a bit like my father talking about death he's a doctor He he's kind of capable of doing it from a slightly detached point of view and i think you know she, she, alexandra was able to talk about to talk about the problem without grounding it in an individual girl who is being sexualist you know what i mean like it's you you know that 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 statistic that one death is a tragedy a thousand is a statistic. Right? It's that kind of mentality that sometimes in order to have a conversation you do need to pull out and speak in terms of statistics. Otherwise you'll never get anything done. Yeah. I think there was a there was a bit of that. Anyway, home straight now. Uh unseen Japan's Noah Oscal Super Sonic lineup lines up for a visa. Uh
1: interesting episode in that we kind of split it in half between.
0: It was our longest ever the soap news talk. Topic. What's that? It was our longest ever soap talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we split it evenly in half between what we kind of really wanted to to address in the soap talk and uh, a news topic of the week.
0: And he was yes. perfect for both of them. Mm, yeah. No it it was it was good and. Potent. Maybe we could have been the place of record for what happened with Unseen Japan, because you know, that story hasn't been written up anywhere, and they haven't talked on other podcasts. But maybe Noah's not the right person to talk about it anyway. But obviously, we, you know, we we made a point of deliberately dodging around the fact that Unseen Japan had a a change of leadership on, on the basis of basically someone getting bullied. And that's yeah. that's the easiest way of putting it.
1: And speaking of dodging around, like, awkward social media call-out online interactions, um, I think that's the last episode we have to talk about.
0: <laughs> Finally, we have sustainable Japan comedy or recycling content with Dogen. He's the kind of guest who, uh, who lots of people have said we should have had on by now. And he, I think he delivered. I think he, he, well, he well, gave us to what we be needed. Fair,
1: he's, he's also the kind of guest that, like, I feel a little bit of apprehension about approaching because I don't feel like we're important enough to ask on these huge guests.
0: Mm, I think I understand that way of thinking, but I think you're thinking about this through what he might be able to offer us. Right. But he's not necessarily thinking about this through what we might be able to offer him. It might just be a nice thing to do. Yeah. And also while our podcast doesn't have the same platform as, as his outlets, we as individuals still have other things going on that, you know, he's interested in comedy. He one day wanted to try stand up. So I'm still a useful contact for him. If he wants to do it in for Corker and you know, you've like, you're a more established YouTuber than than he is as individuals. We're not, not credible. And I'm I just, not a more
1: established YouTuber than he is. What?
0: Well, you've been going longer.
1: I would, I would, tr- I would trade revenue in a in a minute.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, second. Um, I, I don't, I don't think guests think transactionally about these kind of things. I mean, I don't. Yeah, if I'm ar- yeah. if I'm asked on a podcast, yeah. I don't think. You know, I, I I go on a podcast knowing that they've got no listeners, but knowing that you know to that person it's really important. And and I can yeah. I can offer them something so.
1: Well, this was one where where we did have a lot of things that we wanted to talk about that we were kind of uh, not necessarily able to get to in the episode itself. but um but i I did find it really interesting to kind of get a look into where he is in his comedy career, like where how how far along he is in his perspectives on comedy. And also, there was a really funny moment listening back to the episode where, you know how you hear something that kind of like gives you a look into somebody's thought processes? And we do this ourselves, too, because when we're just doing a podcast, when we're just having a conversation, we'll come across a funny idea that is not necessarily as funny as when we whittle it down into a joke. When we mm-hmm. craft it into a joke, you, you get an idea and then you produce that idea into a joke. Um, and when he was talking about why he doesn't incorporate his family into his, uh, why he doesn't like let his personal life into his content, he started explaining why. And listening back to it, you could have very easily just said, and if you had scripted this, you would have just said, if I got into a drunk driving accident. That would suffice. And what he actually said in the episode was like, if, for example, I mean, I don't drink a lot, but if I were to get very drunk because my business were to go under Mm. because Patreon as a as a company would cease to exist and I were to get in a car and I would and like the where you could have just said drunk driving accident ended up being like a minute long. And I feel like that gives me a window into his thought process, into like how he. Oh, one
0: hundred percent. That was revealing. That was revealing a, a dark thought that he that he's had, which is all of his eggs are in the Patreon basket. Or at least that's what he thinks. You know, that's what he might be anxious about. I completely agree.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if I if I can say as confidently that like that's a thought process that he's had. But it just it felt like it gave me a window into the way yeah. his thought processes work.
0: Yeah, and and that's that is an argument for audio as a medium over um, the written word. And you know, who's to say if it were video that he might have been a bit more guarded? I don't know. But you know, for look the challenge that we had with Dogan, right? We the, the point of this is that we're supposed to be reflecting and we're supposed to be honest with the people that are listening to this. Problem we have with Dogan is he didn't want to talk about his personal life, right? And we wanted to talk about being a public figure while also having a personal life. And necessarily, there was a compromise that had to be reached, which is he would talk about his personal life to the extent to which he was talking about how he doesn't talk about his personal life.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Uh, and I think we did not. I think we got as much as we could. And he's smart enough to know that coming in, right? Obviously, we tell him the questions we're going to ask in advance. So he already knows the tenor of the questions and the directions. He knows and, going in. And, yeah.
1: and we should say that like, we've never gone as far in depth with a guest in prep in terms of like, telling them ahead of time
0: yeah 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 yeah. exactly yeah quite exactly uh, you know ask. red lines etc but there, there he's was smar- there
1: was an, there was a negotiation there was a there yeah was a very clear negotiation yeah
0: yeah and and we both kind of put our you know we, we both put lines in the sands but also he knew that in the context of a recording it's our it, it's our prerogative dare i say our skill yeah. as interviewers that we <laughs> th- that we take since we're since we're doing the Hansei
1: guy let's do a real clear Hansei point here and say, uh, let's read our emails, Ollie. Because there was one thing in the, in the contribution that was That's like... That's exactly an so, hour and a
0: half for the recording now. So if you want to do 90 minutes, is, so we've got to stop right now.
1: Last thing, because this is super <laughs> funny to me. There was one thing in the emails that was very, very clear <laughs> that this was off limits. It was like a real clear do yeah. not ask about this yes. and yes, yes. in the recording in the recording ollie and i will like be on facebook messenger coordinating what we're going to do next as we're in the recording and ollie goes i'm going to ask about that thing
0: no check your no just. no <laughs> check your emails yeah. yeah i didn't i didn't <laughs> i didn't read my emails uh, all right well that's the end of the hand Okay, that's 90 minutes up uh Bobby, should we reveal what we're secretly working on? Is it too early to do so? No, In case it fails? All right, do you want to do it? Because it was your idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, We're going to start
1: doing video content, maybe um, with a goal of about once a month of releasing a specifically created video uh, that gives kind of like a rundown of a Japanese issue. And our first one that we're going to try to do is a comprehensive... Chronological rundown of why the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is fucked.
0: Yeah, you'd think it'd be an easy video, right? Because there's just so much content. So our, our plan is to uh, Bobby and I both have a a lot else going on, right? And while we do enjoy this, it's <laughs> obviously it's obviously the least profitable thing we do. Uh however, we think we were thinking a lot about how lots of people have said we should start doing video, and we can't do the kind of normal YouTuber schedule of like three videos a week. What we can do is use our connections in terms of all the guests that we've had on. And dare I say, some of our listeners as well uh, to help provide kind of insight and content. And also we, uh, the person that helps us with our social media is a budding video editor. So he might be able to help uh, take some of the brunt work of that. And, uh, we don't know if he's going to be good, but, you know, there's only one way to find out. Yes, Bobby.
1: Um, this is a, a thing to follow up the um, uh, video content idea, but we totally forgot to mention that during the entire kind of run through of the episodes that we just did, while we hadn't done a Hansekai, that period saw the appearance and disappearance of the JBRC Press Club.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, <laughs> I don't think it's gone forever. I just think not enough people cared.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason we stopped doing it is because the last handful of weeks we saw diminishing participation in it until it got to the point where, like, there wasn't anything that we could use. So wait, actually, actually, I, yeah. I think maybe for one of our next episodes, we should try to do an epi- a, a version of it where just you and I write all the jokes.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not a bad idea, is it? And it's a nice um, change of pace in the show as well. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll never say never. Anyway, so the the video idea, we'll definitely do the Olympics one. Uh, we've, we've already made a start to, to at least think about the plan. Now we'll start writing some jokes. We'll film it. Just us looking down a camera and then edit it together so we're side by side. So, Yoroshiku, for that. I think it's going to I think it's going to be one of these things where we'll produce one a month to as high quality as we can and they won't take off until we just get the right timing with the right issue and the yeah. right video and then, you know, it, it will do well. We'll put work, we'll put effort into it anyway. Anyway, this was this was a nice chat. It was quite, quite cathartic actually to do this. I, now I've remembered. It feels that, good. You know, Yeah, it does. Feel, it feels nice. It's nice, nice for you and I to have a chat without you know worrying about post production because we kind of you know we promised ourselves that we'll just put this out as it is and in an, in an actual show we're, we're always thinking about you know the guest really yeah. um, so anyway thanks for listening to this if you've received this because you're new on the mailing list welcome to the mailing list thanks for that we'll try and um make it worth your while in the future and if there are any suggestions for guests that you'd like us to approach or you'd like to introduce us to then do get in touch i think we're very easy to get hold of or you just go to our website japanbyrivercruise.com yeah and it's i i don't like the idea that that someone's stuck with us now for 90 minutes and we just peter out bye (laughs) see ya